episode 13 of Slam City. It's Ray Memora here, Jeremy Epstein. You got Uboasanya sitting right across from me. And. We go, we go, let that rock. Go ahead. No, go I'm, ahead. Just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. We go, right. let that rock. Okay. Go ahead. All right. All right. So, yeah, episode 13 of the podcast. And if you guys have been missing a lot, you can subscribe to the podcast and listen to it on SoundCloud. But we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Unfortunately, we got Russell Westbrook, who's been the headline of everything. And also the Olympics are on the way. And more importantly, the Subway Series and also the, uh, the career of Mark Teixeira as we speak. So let's start with a little bit about Russell Westbrook. How surprised you that he signed the extension? I'm actually shocked because I thought he was going to be like that type of player where he'd be like, you know, I'm going to just leave you guys, screw this. See, I thought the opposite. I thought the way Russell's wired, he'd want to compete against Kevin Durant for years to come and not want to team up with the super team. I didn't think he signed an extension, though, but I think the way Oklahoma City prefaced it to him was like, if we can't lose two all-NBA top three players in back-to-back years, so we're going to have to you're going to have to sign an extension, commit semi-long-term, which he did three years of the player option after the second one. Or we're going to trade you and get something because we you can't lose you we can't lose you for nothing. And I think the important thing about that extension is that it upped his pay significantly. Somehow he's still getting paid less than Michael Conley, but you know it at least says you're a real big part of this team. Hell, he is this team. Well, he is. I mean, if you look at it from his career, Russell Westbrook, or what he is, you know, he's, he's a scoring point guard. People compare him a lot to a young Kobe Bryant. I've been saying he's that. He's a triple-double machine. I've been saying that for the past, but I've been saying that for the past five years, though. That he, he, to me, he plays like a young Kobe he Bryant. He has a mentality, but he I don't think he's a Kobe Bryant in terms of... Well, yeah, of course, like the whole scoring and, and making these crazy shots. Well, Russell's also like a complete him. player. I mean, Kobe could get you that, but Kobe was more of a scorer. Yeah. You look at Russell Westbrook, he's a triple-double threat every night. He could theoretically, with his Oklahoma City team, average a triple-double now. Kevin Durant was their leading rebounder. Over eight a game, he's gone. He's so now Russell that. can get all those yeah. rebounds. He's probably average like 10 rebounds a game. He probably could. could. Russell's a great rebounder. But he, you look he, at Russell Westbrook's career, though. You look at a guy, you said that average triple-double, and, and there's one person that comes to mind, that's Oscar Robertson, the big O. 6'5". You know, he, he was pretty much... He wasn't as athletic as Russell. He was, you, and he was longer than Russell, And the crazy too. thing is Russell Westbrook's had three knee surgeries, and he's still this yeah. an athletic beast. I mean, and he, Look at what the knee surgeries did to Derrick Rose. Yeah, he's not the same. Exactly. Well, so, know that for sure, though. Well, Maybe we do. We've seen Derrick Rose play for several years now. He's not <laughs> but, the same player. But he's been doing hot yoga, so I respect Yeah, him. hot yoga. Yeah, that's really going to happen. He tore his ACL in bounce. 2011. He's going to make his core stronger, I'll tell you that. Okay, nice. Is Yo, it going to teach him how to take a jump shot? No. Levitate, 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 levitate. No? It's got to work on that. But so, here's one thing that concerns me a bit about Russell Westbrook. You mentioned the surgeries, and now he's going to have to carry the load, and that offense is going to look completely different because when you have Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, there's a lot more space for things to happen even when they were playing iso ball all around. But now everyone's going to key in on Russell. Oladipo's not a dependable scorer. Ibaka's gone. He averaged 15 a game. But here's the thing. He's still not the kind of scorer that's going to take some extra pressure off of Westbrook. Who was the primary guy? He was a primary guy in Orlando other than Vucevic. Who was, who was in Orlando? Orlando, they had Fournier. They had Oladipo. They had Harris before they traded him and, Vuce, and Vucevic. Yeah, so who got the ball? Oladipo. Oladipo. Yeah. So now either either him or um, Alfred Payton. Alfred yeah, Payton can't score. can't score. He can't shoot. But Payton, would, it be in his hands. Well, all I'm saying is I wouldn't expect Russell to have crazy numbers, at least not without more significant effort. He's going to take 40 shots a game. Most likely. More significant <laughs> so that's effort. What, so he's going to have 
people are underestimating the talent of, of this Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, they lost to Rand. Yeah, the, he's a top but, two player in the NBA. Abaka's not like well, yeah, they didn't they utilize him well. They still have a talent to cast. I'm not saying they're gonna win the Western Conference. That's not gonna happen because you know, the other No, they're gonna be like a five or six seed. Five, six, maybe four or three. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Portland's good. Portland's Portland will good. jump Portland them. The Clippers. Yeah. Clippers, are, Clippers are the Clippers. Yeah, but they're they're, they're, they're regular still season team. Yeah. So you look at Russell, the Oklahoma City Thunder and Russell Westbrook. They're like a five or six seed. I, I'll tell you this though. I think Westbrook can average that that twenty eight, uh, eleven and. 11 type of season. Well, he's going to, like, for them to win and beat a lot of these good Western Conference teams, he's going to have to put up numbers like that. He's going to have to put up those. Or, and, and remember, the last person who had triple-double who finished the season with triple-double, Oscar Robertson. He's the only guy. 30, the only guy. 30 points, 12.5 rebounds, 11.5 assists. And that year, so, he still had some so. dude named Lou Alcindor, soon to be known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, running with him as well. And... Well, pretty much Westbrook has a talented cast, but not a talented... Yeah, Westbrook has Steven Adams and Enos Cantor. <laughs> <laughs> Enos Cantor's an underrated player, though. Yeah, Enos Cantor. How many minutes a game did Enos Cantor play in the Western Conference Finals? Not as much. He played like four minutes a game. <laughs> well, he's got to play more now. Not you should apologize for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to play more now, though. And, and remember, it's PRE with him and Durant when they were together. It was actually up there. Top of the other but he didn't Durant's play. Gone. He didn't play. It doesn't matter. Durant's yeah. not there, so Enos Cannon. Yeah, now he's got to get more playing time. Yeah, but if, if he didn't even play with a guy like Durant on the team to make him better, now he doesn't even have that guy. Well, Enos Cannon's a good player. He can't defend for Russia's anything. He's got to make him better, though. He didn't make it that much better in general. (laughs) And then he lost Duran. What's stopping Westbrook from making his other teammates better? Nothing. Other than the fact that he takes 40 shots a game. Maybe he won't take 40 shots a game. But he needs to. to. He might might need to. Okay, who's the other scoring options in Oklahoma City? Who could you give the ball to and say get a bucket? I have faith in Old Depot. Yeah, other than that. I think he's going to elevate his game to another level. With this team especially. He has to develop a consistent three-point shot. See, Adams is not a scorer, but... Exactly. He can give you a double-double. I'll give you that. So that's 10 and 10. Dennis Cantor? So are you going to play Adams and Cantor together? You can't play them together. You might have to. In today's game with the stretch fours... Who's gonna? How is none of them are more athletic? They might have to run an old school type of team. You can't go into okay, right? So who's the better defender, Adams or Cantor? Adams Adams. is a great interior defender. Who's more athletic, Adams or Cantor? Exactly. So if you play Adams and Cantor together, Adams is gonna have to guard the smaller guy, and he's your best interior defender. So he's gonna have to stretch out, play defense on the perimeter. Then you lose one of your biggest strengths. You can't play him together. They're going to have to figure it out, though. Because I know one thing. Westbrook's going to be competitive enough to, to elevate this team, too. To I'm just excited to see. I wish Oklahoma City and Golden State could play 82 times a year. Because <laughs> <laughs> Russell's going to go off. And Russell's going to cuss out Kevin Durant every time up and down it, the floor. It's going like to be like when Gilbert Arenas was left off the U.S. Olympic team. And then all, he that one year, he went at every assistant coach who was on that team. And he dropped like 60, 50 points on everybody who left him off the team. Taking like a bow at the Staples Center, too. Yeah, the, the hibachi style, and that's going to be Russell Westbrook against the Golden State Warriors, except he's a more complete player than Gilbert. Well, Westbrook suddenly elevate himself now from a Robin to a Batman. He always, they're always Batman 1A and 1B. Well, it's always been like that, and a lot of people argue, well, Westbrook's more talented than Durant overall. Well, I don't think people really say that. Oh, you, oh, you'd be surprised a lot of people keep saying Scoring-wise, Kevin Durant's the, man of the, the best scorer in the NBA, other than Carmelo. I, I never probably. saw Durant as really the guy, though, that he could say... To take you to he the won an MVP. He did. He led but, them to a finals. 
But just his, like, personality, he's not the type of guy who would be, like, you know... Assertive? Play, yeah, assertive. Yeah. He's not really assertive. I think he's just more, you know, I'm just doing my thing and score. Like, Russell's more of an um, outgoing leader. He'll yes. let you, he'll let yes, you he hear talk, what you... Yeah. Like, he'll, he's not afraid to say what's on his mind. Yeah, so he's going to talk and everything. I just felt like, looking at this deal, it's going to try to prove everybody why he wants to be the man of the franchise. I think he's really committed to rebuilding that franchise and beating a guy like Kevin Durant and beating, proving all the doubters wrong. Now, you can make an argument saying that maybe he made the biggest mistake of his career. Hell, he got a attention. ton of money. Well, that, but also the chance of him winning a title. Well, that was the out team. the window once Kevin Durant left. He can't control that. I mean, where sure, where is he going to go? He could have asked for a trade and went for a contender. But I don't think that's his style. I don't think he he has the mentality of joining with super teams and being one of those guys. If he could, if people were arguing that he couldn't play with Kevin Durant, how is he going to play with three other superstars, two other superstars? The chemistry is not going to work. If he can't play with one guy, you're going to put him with two, and he's going to be he's going to be all of a sudden amiable to. Like, it doesn't make sense. What 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 about looking at a perspective of what can we expect from him this season? Realistically. He's gonna average probably he's gonna average close to thirty, close to eight, nine, ten rebounds and probably eight, nine, ten assists. He's gonna uh, have to average forty percent. He averaged twenty eight, eight and eight just Yeah, now? something he that's close to what he averaged last year. I mean he's not that far off. On forty percent shooting. Well I don't know, he's gonna take like forty shots a game, so he's gotta be crazy efficient. I mean Russell took like forty three shots one game. He's he's, he's <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. And that was with Kevin Durant. Now he doesn't have Kevin Durant. It's gonna be tough, and then you, you look at his, like you know the injury, the surgeries that he had. It's almost like was he ever gonna win a title? Right now. Well, he was close last year, and then you know they choked, and then Durant left. I don't know if he choked. I no, I said they choked Durant as a unit. Choked. They all choked. They had like six turnovers in the last <laughs> like four minutes when they were up six or seven. Yeah, game six. Yeah, that, yeah, that was that a choke really job. And I would be interested to see how Billy Donovan actually gets him to buy in. This is where he's got to actually earn his money this time around. I think now with the fact – I think Oklahoma City, when something bad happens to a team, like when LeBron left Cleveland or something like that, something tragic like – or like with Monty Williams, it, it bonds the team together. So I think there's a strong sense of unity in that Oklahoma City locker room. They have that whole fan community behind them. I don't think that's going to – buying in is not going to be the issue. It's going to be executing on the court because I think everyone's bought in. It's clear Russell's this, – in this new era, Russell's the leader. He's the last player other than Nick Collison, I think, who's from the original Oklahoma City Thunder team. So I think that's – the buying's not going to be the issue. It's going to be the on-court execution. But what's stopping Westbrook from – pretty much being a, a winning player on this team. Risk of injuries and lack of chemistry with his teammates. How do you have lack of chemistry? You lost one guy. Be- They're well, all the same. <laughs> right? all the depot. But he's going to have to learn how Him to... Him and Ibaka. He's going to have to rebuild that now. That he's lost these players. With, with he lost players two guys. Got. Other than that, they're just going to plug and play. Who did Oklahoma City sign, really? They're just, he lost him. Then he lost Ibaka, Durant, which was big, obviously, oh, and Deion yeah. Waiters. That's a lot of good players, though. They Deion Waiters is trash. He's awful. He actually signed a one year. He actually talked himself out of more money he, this offseason. That's the type of player. A six point four million dollar qualifying offer, and then he took a bet on yourself contract, a one year two point nine with Miami. If Deion Waiters was that good, he would with the money being thrown out this offseason, he would have got a contract. Well, he also thinks he's like the all star. He thinks he's like the best player on the court for some reason. We've we've wasted too much time talking about Deion Waiters right now. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if he just like suddenly becomes like this? It's not gonna happen. Move on, please. So no, we should actually switch gears and talk about players who are worth talking about, which is the Rio Olympics, the NBA teams, the Dream Team, are leaving on a cruise line out in Rio. 
which is a whole nother discussion. But I, I'm not a fan of calling every team the dream team, but especially with this roster right now, what do you guys think? I don't even think if you chose the top 12 players in the NBA, I don't even think You're half the team would even be on them. Yeah. Well, if you rank this roster compared to other rosters. It's bad. It's yeah, 04. Bad. It's 04. It's not, I'm going to say it's 04 bad. I think it's better than 04. I just think that the the names, like, they're not really special. Can you name five players on the 04 team? <clears throat> Carmelo, LeBron. They, Carmelo barely played on that they, team. They barely played, though. Uh, oh, you had, uh, I think, Adam Iverson was on that team, right? Larry yeah. Brown was coaching. You had the great Emeka Okafor on the 04 team. Larry Brown was coaching. Yeah, that was a Steph. We had when we had Stephon Marbury. He had some <laughs> he stuff to say about Larry Brown. Things. All he said was he lost us the Olympics. Yeah, well, I mean, and a lot of writers agree with that. He really lost them the Olympics. Well, he co- he tried to coach them like an NBA team, and they didn't fit the NBA mold. That because what the NBA was doing before Colangelo came in in 08 was or when or 06, he just they were basically building All Star teams and throwing guys out and saying, we're going to do this, this, and that. But now we have a real program now because you have a training camp every summer. The guys go to Las Vegas. There's actually continuity. What the people overseas were doing, like the Argentina who won the gold in 04, their their international pipeline of talent, they've been playing together for years and years and years where the U.S. was just throwing together all-star teams and saying, you know, we think our this talent's going to win. This is who's going to do it. We think our talent's going to win. But it's clear, like we've, I've said this several times on the podcast. I really think that with the U.S., where U.S. basketball is now, if you put three teams together, they'd win gold, silver, and bronze. If you put a bunch of bench players, they'll win gold, silver. And bronze. I, know, I don't know about true. all that. Like, what do you mean by bench players? Like, you Deion, get, like your boy Dion Waiters? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, look, yeah, if you put Dion Waiters, you put like. Brandon Jennings, they still want to go. Yeah, there's not enough shots stop, to go around. Stop, just stop. How, how well did Brandon go. Jennings do in that one year of Euro, of Italian basketball he played? He did pretty, pretty solid. I'm not saying like he, he did do solid. He, he was okay. He was okay. He wasn't great. He only called it okay because he was like a teenager. But that's about it. He, I don't think he even averaged ten points a game. You can put up, you can put rookies on this Olympic team. They still win the gold. That's no, it's not true at all. Necessarily. Okay, who's gonna guard Pau Gasol if you put like a rookie on the team? Who, who's the, who's Dragon Ben? Not Dragon Ben. Okay, so Marcus Chris, Marquise Chris, right? He was a high, he was a high draft pick as a power forward. He's gonna guard Pau Gasol if you put him on the team against Spain. Yeah, but you're it's not gonna. You're gonna lose. <laughs> your points wrong. Even yeah, if you so put Kristaps on that team, you're still gonna lose. Well, it doesn't matter. He's not U.S. <laughs> born. He's from Latvia. Yeah, Your points, it doesn't make any oh sense. He, he, didn't play for, he didn't play for him this year. But. And here's who was on the 4 team anyway. In order, you had A.I., Steph, Dwayne Wade, Carlos Boozer, Carmelo Anthony. Yes, you had LeBron, Emeka Okafor, Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire, Tim Duncan, Lamar Odom, and Richard Jefferson. And they were bronze. You could, argue, you could, arguably, you could argue that that team might beat this team. You really, if they were run correctly, they you could. change coaches instead of Larry Brown? It could put Greg Popovich? Be I don't know. I think the 04 might be better than this team. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. Well, it doesn't matter, uh, though, because they, they're going to they're probably sweep through. But I'm interested. What do you guys think of them living on a cruise liner? Well, well safe from the, you know, Ziggy virus and everything else. The what? The Zika? Zika virus. I mean, it's kind of waterborne with all the mosquitoes and whatnot, but... The thing is, the U.S. basketball has never stayed in the Olympic Village anyway. So, 
it, to me, it's not really that different. But still, the fact that they're living off land, is yeah, that wild. that yeah, I know they never wild. stay in the Olympic Village, but the fact that they're living on a boat, I know, I, I know, <laughs> I know. I'm just saying that some people kind of made a big deal of it because it's like, oh, why don't they stay in the village? This, that, and the third. None of the big athletes ever. Yeah, none of the big athletes ever stay in the village anyway. Now here's the one bad, well, actually a couple of bad things about living on on the boat. Um, it's a luxury cruise liner. There's nothing bad about living <laughs> on the boat. I'm just saying weather situation. They could go they inside. Could go inside. They could They're go. docked. They're not out sailing. They're docked at a, at the port. Storms possible. So what? There's <laughs> a giant <laughs> boat. Have you seen a picture of it? Yes. It makes the Titanic look small. <laughs> I'm just saying in general, though. I'm just. Like, How is weather going to affect a stationary boat? Not affect them, but you don't want to risk the chance of something terrible happening. Like what? They, they were staying on the boat. Like what? Seasick. They're not, They're not going anywhere. Some players may maybe you don't get any seasick. You're killing me, dog. Ray, what do you know about boats, man? You're killing me, dog. But you know, I'm just saying in general. Okay, but what about this? No, you, you look at this team, and you know they're pretty much a three-point shooting team. And well, you saw that when they went cold against, I forgot, I think Venezuela. It was an ugly game. It was like 86 to 40 something. They went cold pretty quickly. But with that, yeah. the way the international game is, the three point line is shorter. So you build the team around your shooting. And if you have shooting like Team USA does with Clay Thompson, you got Carmelo, you have Kyrie Irving, like you would do that. Yeah. And I feel like they've got to play through Carmelo this year because I know he came off the bench in 2012 and still put up crazy numbers. He's the perfect international player, really, and I think they're going to have to play through him a lot more in order for them to take gold. What do you think of the narrative that Carmelo Anthony is the, could possibly be the greatest Olympian in, U.S. basketball player of all time? I can believe it. I can really believe it. And it's not just because of the gold medals. I think it's also because, like he set records, the last two Olympics that he was at. Is there a difference between most decorated and best and considered the best U.S. basketball Olympian of all time? Because you look at Michael That's Jordan, Michael Jordan was a two-time gold medal award winner. I'm sure if you line them up, people would say you could take Carmelo Anthony on Team USA or Michael Jordan, you take Michael Jordan. Same even with LeBron, I think you'd rather have LeBron on Team USA. If U.S. Coach K, all right, we have one spot left, it's Carmelo or LeBron, you can take LeBron. It's not even close. I mean, so do you think there's a difference between most decorated and greatest U.S. Olympian athlete? I think most decorated is a little different from you know, best Olympian athlete. So should people best. be saying that Carmelo Anthony is the greatest U.S. basketball Olympian athlete or the fact that he's just the I most decorated? The best. I think he's the most decorated. Because you can make a case that LeBron James is probably the best Olympian in terms of athleticism and what he can do. And Michael Jordan, when he was I playing. think LeBron's the leading scorer right now. I think Carmelo's just a few behind. He's yeah. a few behind rebounds with David Robinson. So I think he's just going to be... The, I, don't, I don't understand that narrative of him being the greatest U.S. Olympian basketball player ever. He just has the most, he just got the most statistics and awards. I mean, when LeBron was playing on the team, everybody was rooting for him to, you know, will them to the championship, to a medal, gold medal. Well, in 08, Kobe really. Well, that's Kobe. Kobe was 08. 12, they ran through the competition. And 12, it was LeBron at the last. Well, they ran through the competition. It could have been anybody. But, you know, like, there was a moment where they were facing Spain and 
Kind of, there was know, never up and real grabs. The the well, best moment, small moment, but I'm not saying it was a big moment. It was a small moment. The best moment of the U.S. Olympics was when Carmelo came off the bench against I think Nigeria and just lit it up from three. He had like thirty points oh, in yeah, fifteen yeah. minutes. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah, that was insane. So what you said is true. He is kind of the perfect international player, which is why people argue he might be the greatest U.S. basketball Olympian of all time. I still think he's more that's a tough. Yeah, well he is by statistic wise. He's going to win his third gold medal. He's going to probably pass LeBron in scoring. I don't think he'll get to David Robinson in rebounds. but No. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I understand why someone would say either Michael Jordan or even LeBron James would be a better Olympian athlete. But it, just looking at those scoring numbers and just the way he plays, it really makes me feel like he is best suited for international competition. So even I think factoring in his playing style, the, the argument could be made that he's the best Olympian. Because he really, with the mid-range jump shot, the fact that he could score in the post, the fact that he's 6'8", if he could pass, he'd be perfect. quick, too, exactly. He's sneaky quick, Carmelo. And he, he doesn't take that many dribbles, either. Like, he has a quick shot. jab step. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the, hopefully, for, as Knicks fans, every year Carmelo's played in the Olympics since 08. He's come back, and with he, he's had a big year. And he led the Nuggets to the Western Conference Finals. The Knicks had that magical 54-win season. And this year's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Well, I mean, he's getting older, so we don't know if he's going to have the same thing he's had those past two Olympics experience. Well, we talked about it earlier about Team USA living on a boat, but what do you think of the overall state of the Olympics right now? In Rio, it's kind of a mess. You look at, there are a lot of stuff, it's really overshadowing the Olympics overall. You got Michael Phelps coming back, golf's in the Olympics for the first time, all this U.S. swimming, gymnastics. Well, they're going to dominate. Well, yeah, but like, what do you think? The fact that the conditions in Rio are kind of overshadowing it's a it's a mess. Look at what Andrew Bogut's posting on Twitter. Look at it's like bug infested, it's dirt infested. It's terrible, but these it's non hygienic. It's terrible. These athletes just want to they just want to win. They just want to do the, the gold medal regardless of what's happening. But do you think country. the fact that the conditions are so bad might affect their performance? I think it will. I mean, the thing is. When Brazil hosted the World Cup just a couple of years ago, those infrastructural problems were still there. And they didn't even really fix them because, yeah, you can go from the World Cup to the Olympics, at least for the soccer stadiums, they're still okay. But with everything else that's been going on, and they still haven't finished some housing yet, exactly, they're it's, even it's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. It's not like you don't have years in advance to know, all right, 2016 is coming up. We have to get stuff ready. Exactly. They had the bid for years. And this is where it is. The Olympic narrative is that every host city, it ha it, it, where the Olympics is, it's kind of corrupted in, in terms of destroying the economy of that nation city. I mean, it did wonders for Athens in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> did, didn't, the, the people listening didn't expect the Greece economic in, um, re reference on this podcast, I'm pretty sure. Booyah. But Education, like, baby. Athletes Get learned. Though. I know that they, they, the conditions are terrible, but they, like I said, they just want to win gold. But you whatever. can't. But if, it's all right. If you don't get a good night's sleep or, like, if something happened, you get bit by a bug in the middle of the night, you have to worry in the back of your mind, is a mosquito going to come in? Am I going to get infected? I can't sleep. The bed's too short. It's dirty here. Like you're gonna, those are mental factors that it might, because these athletes are so great, maybe it won't affect them mentally, but that maybe an extra hour of sleep for a guy like, say, Usain Bolt. Maybe that is the difference of him setting a world record or something. Maybe it is, but you know how they got to you know say. What are they going to say? They're they no say? Well, no, they're not going to give themselves an opportunity to, to, for any excuses. They never want to give any excuses, but guess what? Life happens and things happen. 
you you're asking a lot of them already to come out onto one of the biggest stages in the world and put on a show for very little pay by the way if you read the new york times article from this yeah. week you're asking them to do a whole lot of stuff and then you're gonna throw them in a crap hole you don't even get ac- adequate housing you don't get anything it's disgusting it's, over it's in real like seriously it sucks you're trying to put on a world-class event and the accommodations are terrible what happens if, say, before the 100-meter gold medal finalist, um, one of the places floods with one of the runners who's favored? Or better yet, since we were talking about the Zika virus, what happens if somebody gets infested? We know it probably won't be the U.S. men's team because they're staying afloat. They're staying in a ship offshore. Afloat. The float's the right word. Okay, float's <laughs> the right word. But still, imagine how awful it would be if, let's say, the Spanish national team ends up getting sick. Because of improper, you know, disposal. Well, that's why methods. Pal Gasol almost didn't come. Exactly. He had to literally freeze his. Yeah, he he didn't have any kids, and he's like, well, I might have to, you know. He's a smart. Take care of he's it. smart. Yeah, he's a smart guy, but he, he, that's the point. The Olympics is such a great event that it shouldn't be overshadowed by a guy might not wanting to go because of the conditions in Rio. And that's something that they got to talk about. The it's too late. It's well, happening saying, now. I'm the opening ceremony's next, tonight. Well, I'm saying for the next one. I'm they saying. talk about it all the time. They've had they problems do. for years. It hasn't helped anything. So what do you think the solution should be then? That you can't that pick. They're, 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 they're that you have to actually pick countries that are adequately capable of hosting these events. How many times did the U.S. bid for the Olympics? When was the last time we had it? Atlanta, 96. 96. So you want to tell me that Rio, Brazil, is better capable of holding the Olympics than the U.S. is? Or even England, they did a decent job. You can't pick countries that don't have the economic structure and the government power in place to adequately put these events on. Well, they got to scout better, though, in these countries. It's not even about scouting. The, the, The way that the IOC bidding is is done is rigged it's it's almost as bad if not FIFA. worse than what fifa does for the world cup so when you look through and you see oh well if you give me this vote i'm gonna look exactly. out for you all this stuff happens a behind lot of the scenes quo. so it's like you can't really base on merit because you know half the countries are you know say, bribing me uh or not bribing but at least saying quid pro quo to the olympic committee that's true well, i mean it's kind of hard to say because we know Exactly, you know, the whole narrative of, of it being a mess, but like I said, they're just gonna have to play through it, you know. It's gonna be dangerous. They, they, they had that chance, they, they even said it themselves, you know, they, they're gonna take this risk, but you know, they're gonna just do what they want to do because they love their sport and they want to win. Well, that's that's well said, but now to a little more Olympic talk, but switched four years from now, baseball and softball are back in the Olympics. Hallelujah. Baseball, I'm a little conflicted about because the MLB doesn't pause the season. They, unlike the WNBA, where they have a s- Olympic break, and baseball doesn't have that, so you don't get the best players. Here's what's funny though, because Bryce Harper put up like an Instagram post that says the Olympics are back. I can't wait. Do you think it's possible? They're not gonna let him do it. Are you sure? It's a contract violation. He may just go. I I don't know, and it's obviously going to be something so to be talked out talked about down the line. But I wouldn't be surprised, especially since if you look back at the U.S. team that went bronze in '08, the last time they had baseball, you had Jake Arrieta, Dexter Fowler, you had Steven Strasburg, and those guys are now in the majors. And I feel like a case can be yeah exactly, and I feel like a case can be made at some point within the next four years where you have the players' union say okay. We have guys that want to play in the Olympics. 
It's not gonna the happen. owners aren't going to agree to it. It's, it's, during the season, it's, it's not happen. going to happen. It will never what happens happen. if Bryce Harper catch, um, trying to get a foul ball on one of these terrible Olympic fields tears his ACL? Oh, I, I know. That's why it's not going to happen. I, again, I feel like the conversation is still going to happen, especially yeah. since the World Base. It's the same. It's almost the same conversation with the World Baseball well, Classic they do it for the next year. I, I get that. So and they do it during spring training. You get ninety percent chance that's not gonna happen. Probably a hundred percent chance that what's not gonna happen? MLB players not gonna go and lift. Yeah, they're not gonna do it if they haven't. If they haven't been doing it for ever, they're not but gonna start also now. It's, just, it's during the season. Like, well, that's the problem. Do you yeah, have to yeah, pause the year? Yeah, you gotta pause the year then. All I'm saying is, I think a I think a conversation bound to happen. It may not go yeah. anywhere, but you know that the Bryce Harper thing really sort of. What it's it started the conversation at least. Possibly college players going there. Well, college players and minor they league baseball players <laughs> do go there. Yeah, exactly. I mean that's the only players that can go there. So, I mean, I mean it's a good idea, and I. Respect, so do you think I the respect, overall addition, uh, the re-addition of baseball is just inconsequential? I think it is. I mean, what do you think? Uh, without MLB players, it's tough to sell. It is. So I mean, we, I, I understand what Paul was saying. Like, you know, they're gonna talk about it, but most likely it won't, it won't happen. Well, it, it's not gonna happen. There's no way owners are gonna let that. Look at Mark Teixeira, who's who we're gonna speak about a little later. He during the World Baseball Classic blew out his wrist and hasn't been the same player since. Yeah. So do you think they gotta do this with like players like Bryce Harper? Exactly. And Mike Trout. Not it's not the Angels aren't going to give up Mike Trout, especially if you're not going to pause the season. They're yeah. not going to give up their best players, nah. the most productive players. I'll give you this: WNBA did it. The yeah, but they, they paused they, it. They stopped the year. Yeah, they stopped the year because you know this lady had to go to the Olympics. So I'll well, give because them it's that. great publicity. Because if you're gonna, what's more important, or like from a publicity standpoint, WNBA or having the WNBA players go to Team USA, get publicity for the WNBA, and then come back. Exactly. MLB doesn't really need that. Yeah, they don't really. Although they, they they could you could say they based could on ratings that they should. Because, I don't know about should because, because Olympic baseball doesn't really draw that been, much for following. They're dropping slowly to now the fourth. Yeah, but sport the WNBA. Well, what what are the three? Well, right now it's basketball. Well, f- football. Football's king. Basketball. One. What's number three? Soccer. Don't get out of here. A lot of people are uh, are watching soccer. They're watching MLS over MLB baseball. No, not MLS. Some other leagues around the league. They they watch more of that than baseball because they know a certain time will be finished. While baseball, how often is soccer nationally televised on other than ESPN and Fox? Like what, NBC Sports. They weekly the on sound on Saturday mornings. Well, they, yeah, but they know show sometimes on Thursday. Well, that's like different Champions though because League like or it's something. More okay, but you could be oversaturated with baseball because you have a game every day. Soccer is once time, a week. The time though, like the the games are always long. They take so, so long. So is soccer. No, they they end it exactly two hours, especially with season two hours. If it's like champions semifinals and it goes extra. How long is a baseball time? game? Usually two or three hours. Two or three hours. The time wouldn't two, be the two issue. Two and a half to three hours. I would say that. But that's sometimes it can go long because you know they take their time with the batting, and that's why people get like bored about it. Because people get like, bored by soccer, also. So- Shoot, soccer, some people get bored by basketball. Soccer is more enjoyable than baseball. In what way? Because when you score a goal, it's like how often do you score a goal? That's the thing. That's what makes it exciting. So, so, that, so if you miss the only goal scored in the game, then what? You turn on five. What if you turn it? What if someone scores a goal two minutes into the game and you miss it, and then you got to watch eighty-eight minutes of just but nothing? Even, even miss goals. I don't know about more exciting. I don't know about more exciting. All right, a 500 foot home run is more exciting than a missed goal. Okay, okay. A 98 mile an hour strikeout pitch on the inside corner, perfectly pit, perfectly placed, is much more exciting than a missed goal. But if you research on ratings right now, baseball with soccer, soccer is up there more than baseball right now. You can research that. Soccer is much more popular. What are the numbers then? 
right now it's third though. In my opinion, it's third. You just said you could research that. Then you said it's my opinion. That's not a fact. Well, I'm just I'm just saying though in general that if you talk to other people, like anybody. Okay, but that's not a fact soccer. though. They'll say soccer and all that. I don't know about you, that. Let's let's let me. While while you while you look that up, right. I I like. The one thing I really do like about it, and this is from a personal standpoint, I like the fact that softball is finally back. Because softball, it at the very least was in the consciousness a little bit when you had like Jenny Finch and a couple other the, the bigger players in softball. But now, with it coming back in 2020, you've got some of the best players coming out of college that are going to be able to yeah, and you play get finally. exposure Because I don't think there's a real high-profile professional women's softball league, so the fact that they get to go to the Olympics... Is something good a way to cap their careers or keep their careers going? Exactly. They have the nat. They have the They have NFP, the national fast. They have national fast pitch, but they're going to do the same thing the WNBA is going to do. They're going to take a break and send like Kaylani Ricketts, Lauren Chamberlain, people of that ilk, overseas to go play in the Olympics. And really, I, again, I like watching softball, so it's not as great for these back. for these women just to represent their country and have the chance to play the sport that they love. Exactly. So what do you think is the most exciting Olympic event to look forward to in 2016 so far? Wrestling uh, for me, wrestling. Wrestling? Yeah. Well, well he, he is wrestling. a former layers. He is a former wrestler, so I'll give him There's that. There's somebody, I, I, forgot which, I forgot his name, but he's supposed to be in for the gold medal and he, and for this this Olympics because the last one who won it was like John Smith back in nineteen in the nineties. US Olympic wrestler. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just curious to see if he can accomplish that, you know, especially uh being coached under him for the Olympics. Plus it's always good down the road during the Olympics, you always find athletes or storylines that present themselves. Like look at the Team USA gymnastics team in two thousand twelve. That's true. And now they they have a similar kind of roster this year. They got Gabby Douglas, Simone Biles, a bunch of other athletes as well. Um, their names escape me. I think Lori Hernandez is one of them as well. They're, they they might have one of the best gymnastics teams of all time. So I guess one of the, the answer to the what's the most exciting event is it'll present itself when it presents itself. Exactly. But for me, it's, it's the basketball is going to be king. Yeah, it's always great to watch. It's tough to watch the game sometimes, but especially Team USA because it's a blowout. <laughs> oh, especially for the women. <laughs> Like I was watching some of the exhibition games with Team USA, and they blew out China by 50 twice. They blew, they played awful and blew out Venezuela by 40. And then it's, like, it's just tough to watch. And even when the women were at the Garden, Sue Bird broke somebody's ankles. The whole place went nuts. The running is also exciting. All those um, the 100-meter races, all those races are always great to watch also. Absolutely. I mean, I think just I know it. the pageantry, so much of about, you know, country pride and stuff like that a lot of it is built up it's manufactured but on a personal level it's good to see you know countries that can come out and represent and put themselves on the national stage i mean when we were out last night i was watching nigeria beat japan i'm 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 nigerian not born i'm I was born here but my heritage is nigerian and i watched them win and it made me feel good and it's always great looking at the athletes faces when the national anthem is playing and the flags are being raised that's always good. You always get a sense of kind of uh, patriotic pride. Ray, how are you coming along with the soccer baseball team? <laughs> you just admit you're wrong. Just admit you're wrong. It's America's pastime. You're wrong. It's okay. Soccer? Soccer's playing. No, the baseball. Jesus. Ray. Soccer. Baseball's more popular yeah, in America than soccer. You lost this one. You lost. I didn't lose this one. You lost Yes, you did. We've you given lost you several one. minutes to look it up. You couldn't find anything. You said look up the ratings. Have you found any of them? No, Some baseball is, is more popular in the U.S. than soccer. That's not going to change. 
for at least for right now. More popular in the U.S., but I, I can okay. see it. Okay, so that, that, was all, that was the argument. I can see it being overtake, though, in a couple of years, though. Wait, that's not what you said. You said right now baseball is the fourth major sport, and you said soccer is ahead of it. That's that's what I believe in, but I don't know. You said it was a fact. Oh, my Lord. You said this is a fact. But just think, but I'm just saying, if I'm thinking about it from this perspective, when Messi and, and they all came for that, you know, uh, cup last uh, two months ago, the Copa America Cup, a lot of people watch that more than baseball. Of course, it was that's a like one time event. The World cup to a regular season baseball game. Yeah, but. That's exactly! But if you have the World Series on versus a random Champions League match, no one's going to watch the Champions League match if they're on at the same time. Uh, uh, oh, you have to be surprised. You're comparing that. apples to oranges. A lot of people would watch Champions Cup. Not as many, World though, Series. which is the major point. Right. And I was talking about a regular season game the same way you were talking about a Major League Baseball regular season game. Right, you didn't win that. Soccer one. is chocolate. You make it a worse just on <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna back you say soccer's this. more exciting. It, it as of as of right now, it is more exciting than baseball. Yo, right, you're very wrong. Just watch, watch a soccer game. I don't want. I do watch soccer, and it's no, not you're, true. You're, you're gonna be a soccer coach, so you should be watching more games. I'm saying. Oh no 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 no! I'm saying that. You look at the, the how the fans are emotionally. They're gonna they're gonna be in the game. Even with yeah, Mr. Gore now. Yeah, because that seven line army and the Yankee bleacher creatures are just awful emotionally. But have you noticed that sometimes when you look at the games, the Yankee games, there's no one sitting on the bleachers or all those seats. Because it's not that exciting That's anymore. apples to oranges as well. And you look at a soccer arena, it's sold out. That, Almost that's, every that's a point single I agree with. time is always sold out. I haven't seen one seat where it's empty at all. That's great. That's a big arena. Overseas, right? Yeah, but I'm We're sorry. talking about even America. MLS. Even MLS. Even MLS. No, not, not MLS. MLS is not sold out. You look at, I think, Seattle not or like some place in the MLS, they have a following. Well, they're trying to even, some, even some New York Red Bulls fans. They do sell out that stadium in Harrison. Why do they allow, why do you think is nationalizing more soccer games than before? I never seen nationalize this many soccer games. Because, because you can sell the broadcast rights and you can make money. Because after the World Cup, interest in soccer was semi high, so they're capitalizing on that. Yeah, and that's why. Yeah, but it's also, a very simple answer. It's not like because soccer's all of a sudden got way more popular. It's gotten way more popular than baseball. No, it in, hasn't in recent like time right now. What's your proof behind that? Like I said, ESPN putting more they games. Put Sunday oh night baseball, Thursday night baseball. Thursday night baseball. They even started to do Tuesday night baseball. ESPN has national televised baseball games all the time. You have MLB yeah. Network, national televised baseball games. And the range always been down most of the time for national baseball you, games. We gave you a chance to look that up. You you couldn't find any data to prove that. You're just being a shock jock right now, saying things that are exciting. I'll prove it, though. With what information? You better do it next show. Tune in next week for that one. We ain't doing it now. Next week's show, I will will prove I will get a whole rating list. We're going to hold you to that. That'll be your bizarre theory of the week, because this was definitely your bizarre theory. (laughs) The fact that America's pastime baseball is less popular in America than soccer. As of right now, yeah. You're wrong. You you are wrong. Yeah, when you have players like Messi and Ronaldo and that uh, overseas. Oh my God. Can we please change the subject? Can we please change the subject? No, you're wrong. Can we please change the subject? Look at this point. ESPN did this top 100 rankings. Why? Who's number one on? Who's the top three in that list? Of what? The f- famous top, athletes. Yeah, in the famous athletes. Who's top three in that? In the world, though, we're talking about the U.S. Okay, but I'm saying that the slowly 
capitalizing the U.S. Jesucristo, too. We already said okay. this. You're wrong. It's okay. You just don't. You're too prideful to admit it. Can we change the subject? So look, Can we change the subject? So we're gonna keep talking baseball. We might as well talk about the news that broke today with Mark Teixeira, who's hitting 198, and he's decided after an eight-year contract with the Yankees. He's calling it a career. What do you What do you guys think of his overall career in New York or his career in general? It's it's, it's a solid it, it's a solid career, you know. And, and I know that his best year was really his first year with the Yankees. Two ninety two, thirty nine, and I think one hundred twenty one yeah. RBIs. So I mean, it's hard to start at the top and you know have to sort of try to live up to that. But there's not much more you can ask for, especially since and. We know it's a huge part of his career and his legacy. Durability. But A, his durability, and B, his fielding ability. To go through the first decade, you'd start with Tino Martinez in, in the beginning of the aughts, and then you would have a rotation of Jason Giambi and yeah. other first basemen that great. really couldn't pull it off. And then you get Mark Teixeira, who was touted as a great hitting switch hitter and also a vacuum at first base. Which he was. Mark Teixeira was a great defensive first baseman when he was on the field. So I'm going to look at a lot of his legacy after the first championship year, and I don't think he's played 120 games. Since 2011. So it's going to be durability. That's going to, It's going to be what if. What if he stayed healthy? But and he still has 400 league. career Exactly. It's not like he's had a bad career. It's more of like a what if toward the last back half exactly. of his career. Here's the funny thing, and I, I just read this today. He is the... He is one of eight switch hitters with 400 home runs and more than five gold gloves. The only two that aren't in the Hall of Fame are Andrew Jones and Barry Bonds, and they're both going to be on the ballot this year. Well, Barry Bonds is for completely different reasons. I don't know if Andrew Jones is a Hall of Famer. So what, would you I put Mark Desher in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. It's Not tough. on the first ballot. It's, it, it would take him a while. I think it's gonna take, he's going to be one of those guys who in like year 12, 13. That maybe gets enough to get in. Yeah. I think he'll get in, though. I mean, do you look at Desher's numbers? I know he hasn't been healthy, but he did give him a title, and, and I think but he's been a fan favorite Yankee. It's surprising though, because in spring training, he said, why not, why couldn't I play until I'm 40? And then he's just, I think the injury, I think it really caught up with him mentally. He, he's not producing, I think he's in a lot of pain with the injuries. Even last year, when he's having a productive season, his batting average was bad, but he's hitting a ton of home runs, and he gets hurt. Yeah. I think his inability to stay healthy kind of forced him into retirement, which is pretty sad. It is, but well, I'm, I, I can tell you this, though. We're going to remember him as one of the players that... Helped the Yankees do a World Series championship. championship. And one of the nicest guys that you could probably ever meet on, on the team. I mean, unless you watch Entourage, and he's pretty much a jerk. But if you, <laughs> but I'm just saying, on, on the field, he's like... He always had guy. a good personality. Like, he did that YouTube series for the Yankees for a little bit. Like, yeah. that, he was funny on that. And Mark Chair had a good personality. He's a good Yankee. And he'll probably be on TV as soon as he plays his last game. So now, from the 9 team, you have who, A-Rod and CeCe left? Yep. yep. So what does that mean for A-Rod? Do you think He's the Yankees gone. will just cut him? He's gone. I don't think the Yankees will cut him. I think they're going to try and usher. See, this is almost a perfect scenario for the Yankees, I think. What they're going to try and do is this. Since Teixeira is going to retire and he's announcing it in the middle of the season, I think they're going to try and usher him and A-Rod out together. A-Rod's not going to give up that... Last Are you sh- that last even, if, even, if that he, money? even if he gets the 700 home runs? No, he's not giving that money up. He's not giving it up. Well, well, he, he, lost a year, he lost a year of income because he got suspended for yeah, a year. I, I get that, but I'd, I would try. If I'm the front office, I would try to usher them out together. Yeah, I would. I would. But the problem with that is A-Rod's not giving up that money. And I think the Yankees have been trying to get rid of that contract since the whole suspension. If they could avoid it, they 100% would avoid it. He won't give up that money at all. 
I mean, he's yeah. a smart businessman. He knows that. He so do you so think the Yankees, because they're going with more of a youth movement, keep A-Rod around? Which is kind of weird to say. If you told me two years ago that A-Rod would be your veteran leader, I'd look at you <laughs> a little sideways. I think he's good for the young players because he's been there and done that. You know, he's the guy who can tell them about... Is he a good influence, though, when he's been busted okay, twice for PEDs? that part, he's not. But in terms of the well, game then, itself... Yeah, the game itself, I agree good, with. He's a good, he's but a it's kind of like when if you look at basketball, when you say Ron Artest, now Metal World Peace, <laughs> is the Lakers, like, veteran on the team. He's an influence of the young guys. Do you want his off the court stuff, or in terms of A Rod off the field stuff, rubbing up on, rubbing off on guys like that? Just the game and being be able to know stuff. About That's I'm not denying game. that A Rod's. If you talk to anybody, A Rod's a baseball fanatic. Yeah, he eats, breathes, and lives baseball. But it's the other stuff. But my That's thing about it is this: he's gone through it all before. And even if we look at last year's wild card qualifier, he was a good presence in that clubhouse too. And I'm pretty sure. If there's anything he's telling those young kids, he's saying, don't do what I did. I mean, you, I, I can see Barry Bonds is probably doing the same thing in Florida with the Miami Marlins right now. He was. He came out earlier in the year. He's like, I shouldn't have been treated the media like that. I was just a jerk. I don't know what was going on. I apologize. I don't know if he apologized, but he said I was wrong. And I, and I think that's going to be very important, especially since this is New York. New York can turn the, the most meager athlete into some sort of a monster sometimes. And having someone who's been through the ups and downs will help the Yankees. Because if you're going to, unless you've got somebody on the roster that you have to have, you're going to have to pay him anyway. Exactly. But do you think that they would keep him on the team? Because there's the argument that, well, he hit, he's going to hit 700 home runs. But they didn't really celebrate those milestones when he hit 660 because last year. Yeah, but like. Some people are saying, well, he's going to hit 700. Only three players right now have ever eclipsed that. That's something that people might want to tune in to see because it doesn't happen often. It's true, but he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, I'm not saying that. that. I'm saying, would you keep – the Yankees are going to be a terrible team. Look at the squad. They're a 500 team now. They're trading everybody away. So next year and the rest of this year, you might want to tune in to see, oh, will A-Rod hit that home run? Or people will pay a ticket to see, oh, I was in the ballpark when A-Rod hit his 700th home run. That's the point I'm trying to make. Do you think the Yankees care about that? No, they don't. Yes, they do. I think because they know, first of all, if he hits to the 700, they're going to pay him that bonus. No, they're not. They already well, you know, That was the issue last year. When and he they've already said that they're, they're, they're going to yeah. give it away. They're giving it to charity or so, something like that. But I, I don't think they care about that. I think it's only a matter of time before they release again. I, I totally I disagree. I don't think they're going to cut him. You can't cut him. I think... And I will say, I think by Monday they're really something. You think by Monday what? they're going to cut him? Yeah. Who are they going to bring up? Ray, you have a lot of stuff for next week's show. <laughs> Ray, you better hope one of those is right because you are going out on a way of a limb. There's been reports already that they're going to cut him. There's d- discussions about, but there were also reports they were going to extend the role to Chapman. Yeah, he's yeah, in Chicago yeah, now. But I'm just saying, like, if you're not playing him, why is he there? That's what cut we said him. earlier. As a veteran leader, cut him though. I know he's you're gonna have leader, to pay him regardless. Exactly. So, well, all right. So, how many guys are you gonna up. get rid of in that locker room who's gonna be able to lead the team, or like at least impart some veteran wisdom on the team? You can get rid of everybody. That's that's the that's the risk that they're gonna. You got CC, and other than that, you got Ellsbury, McCann. They're trying to get rid of. Yeah, McCann, they've been trying to get rid of since, like... So, like, who, who's who's the veteran on that team? Like, you got a for one more year. I think they're just going to suck it up. They, suck they it might, up? They might suck it up. up. Maybe he'll be productive, semi-productive. But if he's, I'm just saying, if he's not playing, why is he on the team? That's all I'm saying. Because they have to pay him $30 million <laughs> for the sign of that terrible me, contract. They got to pay him regardless if they release him. So, just release him. 
but you could he could potentially be a productive player. The guy had thirty he plus home runs last he year. He could potentially be, but when you're you're like forty. You know, in your forties already. Okay, but when you look 20s. at the Yankees, we've had players that played into their forties. When you look at when you look at the Yankees, okay, Beltron, he could play the outfielder DH. A Rod can't oh, can only play. Can't he can only DH. Yeah, so if you're gonna, who are you gonna rather have in the lineup? The way Beltron was hitting, A Rod or Beltron? We gonna have Beltron. Exactly. So you don't have a place for A Rod to hit right now. Now that the spots are opening up because you're trading your productive players, maybe you put but him back in the it's lineup. An organiz- organizational decision that they're not playing this guy. Why is he on? The I team? don't know if it's an organizational decision. He's it's just a not. He's not game. producing. He's it's producing. A, it's, it, you're playing the matchups. He's had, he's had, you know, he's had nine home runs this season, but I'm just saying like in limited at bats. Yeah. But so you have to get—he's forty years old. He's you have to get him regular at bats. He had regular at bats last year. This, then. Why is he not playing? Because, because he's, he's not hurt. hitting right now. He was hurt, and then he also wasn't producing. Other guys got hot in front of him. You're not going to bench a so guy then, who's hot in front for and A-Rod. Then you say you want to pay him this money, so you have to. Him. You have no choice. Yeah, it's guaranteed so, so contract. Just release him then. Why now? When so you're getting get rid the of the productive players, though. get the younger players though. You're getting rid of the productive players. Who were in front of him on the depth chart? Now there are opportunities for Arod to play more. And he's probably not going to play though. Well, that's a decision that Joe Girardi has to make. Yeah, Joe Girardi probably, probably t- from the office, I mean, from the owners, probably telling him not to play him. Why would? Th- why? Because it's, like I said, it's probably an organizational decision. You really do have a lot of stuff for next week because the so front you- office, the front office. Here, look, I read Joe Torre's book about his interactions with the front office. The front office pokes their head in and tries to do what they do, but at the end of the day, the buck stops with Joe Girardi. So Joe Girardi is going to decide whether or not A-Rod's going to play. Period. And the question is why hasn't he been playing? We've answered that several times. He hasn't been entirely productive, but to, to the caveat of that is he's not getting enough at-bats, so you can't expect a 40-year-old with whose bat speed is significantly slowed if he, with, because of the hip problems to all of a sudden come in and produce. It's not basketball where a guy gets hot and can score 40 points by hitting 10 threes in a row. Baseball is different. You have to get the plate down. You have to get your bat speed down. You have to get know the strike zone. It's 100% different. Huh? Well, that's why. So... I'm just saying though, this like, if he's not, I mean, if they're not gonna play him because of what he, he's done, you know, and the numbers aren't that w- are good right now. Then, what's the next step? That's the, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know one more year. Better in is, is, is Suck it up. It we've said we've up. said it like five times. Suck it up and let him play one more year. I would just release him. I just, it's just no point. Like this guy, he hasn't even been playing well the past couple of months. Just release him. Let, let him be at peace, like he said. Just let okay, him be so, at peace. Okay, so 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 then let, 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 let's draw this out a little bit. Are the Yankees playing for anything right now? No. So exactly. So why so why so so what's the point of of cutting him? There's nobody really ready for the Yankees to bring up right now. The only guy that they had that, that was ready, Aaron Judge, is hurt. And even so, you're not gonna release a Rod to bring him up. What you'll probably do is option Ref Snyder back to AAA to bring up Aaron Judge. So th- there's no scenario that would ever actually necessitate A-Rod's being released. Say what you want about A-Rod. He's still a name that draws. He is. So that's why you're going to keep him because the Yankees are going to be so bad. No one's going to want to go. People might want to see A-Rod play one more time. You don't know that. You don't know that people might not want to do that. Say what you want about A-Rod other than the steroids, which is a huge factor. He was, 
He's a great player. Once in a generation type talent. It's true. He self sabotaged and did steroids because he's insecure, which is a psychological problem that and a lesson that I am not complex enough to get into. Right <laughs> so we had a Greece reference and now a, psych- a psychology reference on this podcast. You, 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 you get everything. You, got, you guys are getting learned. You get everything. everything. But yeah, no, Aaron, you got to keep him. He could draw fans potentially. He, so. He possibly can, but just let him go. Just let him I disagree with you on that, Ray. Just, just, just let him go. Ray, Ray you yeah, said he's going to get cut on Monday. Let's, let's just let agree let to disagree. He's getting, he's getting cut on Monday, let's, according to you, Ray, right? I respect your opinion, but I just... Okay, but just he's getting cut on Monday, is what you said. By Monday, A-Rod will be released. You said it. You're going to have to own that. By Monday, he'll be released. I hope he gets released by Monday. <laughs> well, for I hope your he gets sake. released by the weekend. <laughs> for your sake. I hope he gets released by the weekend. Maybe I get breaking news right now saying that Alex Rodriguez will be released... I'd help your cause, but it's not. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, we all have our opinions on this, but just I'd rather just release them. So talking about A-Rod as a generational talent, another generational talent, Michael Jordan teamed up, and his clothing line teamed up with the University of Michigan football. If the uniforms came out, very interested in them. They look great. I think it's going to be a one-off. I think just Jumpman and Michigan are just the only brand. You have other college football teams like Oregon are with Nike, but I think Jordan and Michigan are kind of one. Yep, they are the only. They are the only apparel for football. That is, they still have separate brand contracts with like you know Georgetown, Marquette yeah. for basketball. But for football, I think it's just Michigan. I think it's only yes, going to be Michigan. Yeah. What do you guys think of that relationship? No, Michael Jordan's going to be honorary captain. At Michigan's first home game, it's interesting to see. Especially well, Michigan's they, they coming renewed, back up in, as a national profile. They renewed their sponsorship, so I'm not no, surprised they, by that. They got a new one. Joe yeah, yeah. just came in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they, they just they didn't renew anything. Michigan was an Adidas school. But they still got the New Jerseys and all that. Exactly, it's not a renewal. That's a that's a new con- that's a new <laughs> deal. They got they got clothing. I got they got clothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what do you think of the uniforms, though? Or what do you just think of the partnership between the Jordan brand and now college football? I thought it was, I thought it was great. I mean, it's good for the school. It's good for, for Jordan. I'm nothing against it. I mean, my thing about Jordan is this. When we saw them branch out to do more than basketball, that was already cool. Funny thing was the Yankees, like, a few years ago, they had a few Jordan Derek athletes. Derek Jeter, CeCe Sabathia, Andrew Jones even in his prime. CeCe Sabathia has the nicest Jordan cleats. For real, it's like, Air, like Jordan Eleven cleats. Like it's unbelievable. For real, but football, it's it's huge because there are even some football players. Now I didn't even realize till before the bigger names. I think Des Bryant's one of them. They have Jordan football cleats as well. And now you've aligned yourself with one of the most iconic brands in college athletics. Michigan, Michigan football, and they're coming back. First, you get Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. You get now you align yourself with Jumpman. Like it's, you can't lose. You you really can't lose. And I wish they could have done something a little bit more with the uniforms because that that's one thing I like to look at. Because whenever you get a new provider, usually you see the identity shift a little bit. Like Under Armour with Notre Dame, they didn't really change it that much from their Adidas. Well, I think because, like you said, it's such an iconic program. You're not gonna overhaul the uniforms much. too much. But I know a player was talking to Jim Harbaugh about a Maze alternate uniform. That would be dope. And Jim Harbaugh was like, you know, we'll think about it because you don't want to change the tradition, change the tradition of the school too much. But you also do want to reinvent, signify that you're entering a new era. It would be dope because you would have Maze top, Maze bottom, blue numbers, white outlining that Jordan. Big and blue in the corner. I wish they had put it in the center, though, but I see why they put it off to the side. What, the Jumpman logo? Yeah. Well, yeah, they don't want to overshadow University of Michigan. Exactly. Because still, at the end, it's all about you go blue, big blue football. 
this is true. They better hope that they're good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I they'll, they'll be good. Well, if they're not, it's, it's going to look yeah, yeah, Michael Jordan's bad. logo on a rough team. Yeah, yeah. You already have, I mean, the Hornets are now good, but when it was the Bobcats and they won like nine games in the lockout year, that was yes. rough. <laughs> that was be, rough. They'll be good. They'll be good. I, I'm, I'm nothing against them. So, you know, we got pretty much a little bit of time here, and I wanted to dive into this because this is an entertaining podcast, too, and it's been debate this week about. Uh, Eminem possibly doing this song against Drake. Well, that was the rumor. A DJ came out and said that the Eminem, yeah, he, that Eminem was gonna, you know, was coming for Drake, and Drake said, "Well, I'm ready." Drake hasn't won a single beef. He's been in the past couple of years. No one. Get him now. Yeah, he did. He won that. He one. sold more, but so he I won. Know. All right, fine, whatever. But yeah. even the Joe Budden, but even the Joe Budden, when he didn't even really respond to it. He's. Uh, well, on tour he has. He's been, you know, cursing Joe Budden. <laughs> yeah, he's been cursing him out. You don't want to mess with Joe Budden. Listen, listen, listen. This isn't even supposed to be a debate. And I don't even know why we're even discussing this, but... You brought it up! Well, I want to, say, <laughs> I want to discuss just a little bit of it, but the reason why I brought it up because Drake has no chance against Eminem. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a big... Uh, I'm, you know, I listen to Eminem songs a lot. And, you know, well, if you look at the... I'm just saying in general, if, he has no chance. If you look at rap, kind of like Eminem is the last linkage to the great 90s era. Like he's Dr. Dre's protege. It's really Eminem's really the last guy, in terms of other than like Jay Z and people like that. But Eminem's the guy who can link back to the '90s and the golden era of hip hop and things like that. And Drake is kind of the new age where it's a lot of passive aggressive. It's a lot of sub tweets and things like that. But he's also becoming a third wheel to pretty much anybody's group. Who? Drake. Pretty much being a third wheel to any any couple or anybody around. What are you talking? He's never been what? Drake's his own entity. I know, but I'm just saying he's always Say what you like, want about him, and I'm a fan of Drake. Some of it, my sister's a fan of Drake. I'm a fan of Drake. Like, like he, he's doing very well for himself. He's cool, but he's... How, many t- how often can you turn on the radio and not hear Drake's song? He's, he's, he's doing he's very ev- well. He's literally everywhere. He's everywhere, but he's also an so, annoyance, too, in some ways. Well, because he's all, you're all getting so much of it. It's oversaturated. If you're not a fan, like, you just said... That's why Eminem maybe wants to do this song, because it's Why? Eminem doesn't seem like the guy who's really into publicity. Eminem's very quiet. If anything, Eminem's... He's like, I have to say something because he's bothering me. He's like, bothering it's just, me. It's annoying how much publicity he's getting. Not publicity or how much respect of... He's such a great rapper. And Eminem's like, maybe I have to do something about it just if the, people forgot how great I am. Which I don't think anyone did because once this news broke, I think the prevailing theory was that... Eminem would wash the hell exactly. out of him. But, but I think he, we all know he probably will. But Funkmaster Flex getting involved is hilarious. He even said... On he said this Saturday it's all gonna be over this that, and the third and Drake is in New York this weekend. He has five shows at the Garden. <laughs> oh the man! First one that started last night. He's here through the weekend. Well, Drake came up and cursed Hot ninety seven and said that he'd go there if they if they fire Funk Flex. And Jay Z tried to do the same thing without ninety seven. Funk Flex is still there, and Jay Z eventually went in for an interview. So, and I'm probably gonna. Win against Drake. Though, well, obviously, it's but a lot of Drake fans would be like, well, well, you, I know, mean, it's a rumor it's, it's, off it's a private a, conversation. You don't even a, it's know if it's a thing that's going to actually happen. But if we look at the past, there's always there's always been really only one person who had to have success at that, in my opinion. It's probably Ice Cube when it, it's NWA. Well, yeah, he when watched he had, them. Yeah, he really just it wasn't really him. close. Like, you, you listen to it, this song, it's no Vaseline, probably destroyed the whole, destroyed the whole group with that song. And they knew he won because of that. So, if anything, maybe Dr. Dre, you know, because, you know, he knows Eminem. They find talk about what they're going to do next. So, we'll see what happens. 
That'll do it for Slam City. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can follow the Slam City page on Facebook and on Slam City underscore 360 on Twitter. And you can follow me at Morinus10. At Jeremy EPS. And at N underscore A-S-O-N-Y-E. As well as the Dunk360 website and on Twitter because there's going to be one. See you next week.